Welcome to My Bible Study, a verse-by-verse devotional study through the Bible with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. In this unique series, Pastor Bob takes you through the Bible just a few verses at a time. No preaching, just a simple Bible reading with examples and explanations of the meaning behind the Scriptures. My Bible Study will take you from Genesis chapter 1 all the way through the book of Revelation. Now, here is Pastor Bob Thibodeau. just seem unaware of the actual events that they must cling to and adapt and adopt and promote when affirming and proclaiming the clinging to a, you know, 14 billion year old universe or more. They have to give up some of their faith in order to cling to that type of theory. It's been proven. It's been proven. It's been proven. Science has proven it. You cannot extend history for billions of years without attaching what we would call new events to it. Those events have serious theological consequences. These theories have never even been proven. They can't be proven. All they are are theories. What's a theory? What is a theory? Think about this. What is a theory? A theory is something, a hypothetical idea. That's where you get the word hypothesis. I think this is the way something will happen if I do this. And then you go to prove your hypothesis. But if you have a theory, a hypothesis, and can't prove it, how do you promote it? Well, logically thought out, I think my hypothesis and my theory is man evolved over billions and billions and billions of years by climbing out of a cesspool where he was a little slithery thing, maybe a little bit larger than a microscopic amoeba. And somehow, some way over billions and billions of years, here we are today. Okay. Well, You can't prove it. However, we can disprove the theory of evolution. (gasps) What? Yeah. In fact, it has been disproven repeatedly. You don't hear about that being taught in school, do you? A quick reference in this area would be geologic formations. Whoa, time out here, Brother Bob. Geologic formations prove evolution. It proves that these things were billions of years. You know, sedimentary deposits, and even carbon dating has been proven to be on the 6,000-year range. I mean, dinosaurs lived millions and millions and millions of years ago. You didn't realize dinosaurs are in the Bible? They are? Yeah. Uh, the Behemoth, the Levithian, These were huge creatures, one on land, one in the sea, that could be referred to as dinosaurs, which means they coexisted with man, which has been proven through these scientists that man, some form of man, was walking along, you know, out in, uh, I believe it's Glen Rose, Texas, or somewhere right in that area. They have a human footprint inside a dinosaur footprint as a fossil. 
It proves dinosaurs and humans were on the earth at the same time. Now, Brother Bob, you said you could prove that evolution was false. Okay, let's, let's, there's so many examples. I'm going to use one example for sake of time. I don't have the time to go into a lot of detail here, but you can research whether or not what I'm about to share is factual, okay? I'm going to give you an example. Mount St. Helens in Washington State. Remember that? Some of you may be too young to remember that. May 18, 1980. In this one explosion, over 500 kilotons. Now, 2,000 pounds make one ton. A thousand pounds, or a thousand tons makes one kiloton. 500,000 kilotons of ash was expelled. Ash, rocks, the whole thing was expelled. 500,000 kilotons. The rocks and debris from the explosion itself wiped out everything within eight miles of the mountainside. Everything. It was all gone. It was just a barren landscape. Everything else out to some like 18 miles or so. I may have my figures off a little bit. But it knocked down trees, buildings, everything. The resulting heat from the explosion melted snowpack and caused floods to go down the mountainside at over 90 miles an hour, wiping out everything for miles around. Now, scientists later, after everything quieted down, cooled down, went back in and began to take measurements and, and checking things out. And I interviewed an esteemed historian on this subject. Brian Johnson is with South Dakota Apologetics. You can go to their website, look at the information they've got there. He has the scientific data, and I'm simply, right now, I'm just trying to recall from memory some of the things that he has said to me on some of our interviews for our podcast. But the sedimentary layering reflects what, I'm out St. Helens, that happened in, in not just an instant of time, but let's say over just at the most a couple weeks' time. By the time it all solidified and, and it was cool enough for them to go back in and start checking things out, the sedimentary layering of Mount St. Helens reflects what would normally be seen in other areas of the world that scientists say would take a couple of million years to do. Think about that. It happened in a period, let's say less than a year. But yet, looking at it, it looks just like other places where scientists say it took millions of years to do. It actually happened in a matter of days. And when they do carbon dating from trees and things like that and, and that are contained in this layering, the carbon dating method used at Mount St. Helens showed it took several thousand years to accomplish. I would say that's a discrepancy in the scientific community, but you don't hear about it, do you? Because it would prove the creationist theory of evolution, the creationist theory of creation, and disprove evolution. So it's just covered up. Go to their website, South Dakota Apologetics. Check it out. See if what I'm saying is true. It just happened in a matter of seconds, maybe over a few days. The geologic conditions observed were similar to things happening that scientists attribute takes thousands of years, if not millions of years, to occur. 
but yet it mattered in a couple of hours, a couple of days. Hey, man, don't shut me down when I'm preaching good. I just disproved that theory, evolution, right off the bat, right? We, if we have that as one example of how skewed scientific accuracy is, how can we rely on it to be accurate overall? Answer is, we can't. And that's just one example. I've talked to other experts about Noah's flood and other such things. They all reveal the same type of evidence. Praise the Lord. Only people who refuse to accept the premise of creation, only those people who refuse to accept God's word as being true, because this is how God commanded it to happen, and it happened just as God says it did in six literal days, only they can believe the lies of the devil. A true Christian who understands the Bible who understands that God is the true God, he created everything, so therefore it must be just like he said he created it, only they can believe lies of the devil. If someone adopts the conventional chronology, you know, chronology of the creation, that means you have to accept that the earth was absent from the universe for its first nine billion plus years. And after some galactic cooling event, the earth slowly formed through billions and billions of years of, of basically an uninhabitable habitable environment. And that God eventually, perhaps God did this, he came down and created the first complex marine life out of that little cesspool and then said, now... Amoeba, I want you to continue to die and procreate and then die, and your offspring procreate and die. And over the next couple billion years, I want you to come out of that cesspool, and then I'll talk to that creation, and then we'll move on from there. No, it doesn't happen that way. If God had to go through all that just to create that simple amoeba, this marine life, then progressively created or evolved different types of organisms, including plants had to come out of that living organism, and animals had to come out of that living organism, with snakes and bugs and birds, and, and uh, oh yeah, man. And all these creatures, all of them, every one of them experienced death and some of the massive extinction events that led to destructions of trillions and trillions and trillions upon trillions of created creatures, all of this had to happen before Adam and Eve crawled out of the slime pit too. Now, I realize some Christians may not be interested in this sort of detail. Yet anyone who chooses to accept an old universe just because scientists say that's the way it works, they must accept the historical events that go along with that premise. It is a history filled with lifelessness. Nothing there. A history of death. A history of extinction. A history of, of destruction the goodness, not the greatness of a loving God. You can't have it both ways, folks. Just like, you know, well, I believe in God. The Bible says good. The devil believes too. 
He believes in God. Point is, he can't do anything about his future. You can. You can believe in God. You can believe in creation. You can believe in science. You can believe in evolution. But you can't believe in both. I just stepped on somebody's toes, didn't it? Praise the Lord. That's my job. You hear me say it over and over. My job is to step on toes. God gets on me, I get on you. That's the way it works. Praise the Lord. Now, according to the conventional chronology of historical events, corruption has always, 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 never will stop. It will always be part of the universe. This can be seen in the fossil record which supposedly represents 540 million years of animal suffering and animal death. And it provides snapshots of a world full of thorns and thistles and death and destruction. So in this view, Adam's sin could not have been the ultimate cause of universal corruption. It can't be because it already existed. Death did not come through the sin, through the fall of mankind. Death didn't happen then because it's always been there. As an historical event, his disobedience occurred long after corruption and death was present. So therefore, his death and his fall from grace was really a non-event. It was just meant to be. But according to the six days of creation... Adam's sin preceded God's curse on creation, right? The suffering and death of animals came as a result of Adam's disobedience. Not before it, not prior to it. Thorns and thistles, the Bible says, weren't even around. God created them as part of the curse, not before it, as part of it. Amen. That's what Paul affirms in Romans chapter 8, 21. Let's, let's turn over there real quick before we get ready to close. Romans chapter 8. Praise the Lord. Romans 8, verse 21. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Hallelujah. Amen. The glorious liberty. The children of corruption. The creation itself. Verse 20, the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. This whole, I could read the, Romans is a great book. You need to, you, you can study that. We'll get there eventually in a, probably a couple of years. But, uh, I mean, just think about it. The Spirit of God itself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. We are the offspring of God. Verse 16, verse 17. And if children, then we're heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs with Jesus Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also be glorified together with him. For I count not that the sufferings of this present time are worthy to be compared with the glory which will be revealed in us. For, verse 19, the earnest expectation of the creation waits for the manifestation, not of Jesus, but the sons of God. Why is all of creation waiting for the children of God? 
because we were the ones who were supposed to take authority and have dominion in this earth. Man has. You can see that. You can build cities where swamps existed. You can take control and tame animals for your own use. Animals cannot talk to other animals. Now, they can make their... Uh, instinct and, and their expressions known. You know, if an animal gets too close, you'll hear a dog growl or bark to try and scare them away. Or they may even attack it to protect their territory. But they're not talking. They're not talking to each other. Birds aren't talking to each other. They're chirping. They're communicating. But are they actually talking like, like I'm talking to you? If so, how come they haven't built rockets? Why haven't they built spaceships that go into outer space? Why have they cured diseases? Because they can't. They can't communicate in that form or fashion. They can't think at that level of thinking. Only human beings can think at that level and communicate at that level. Amen? Why didn't they, these other animals evolve into creating cities to live in with vehicles that will take them faster than walking or swimming. They can't think at that level. Only man did. Why man? Because we're created in God's image. Our nature, our spiritual nature, our God DNA allows us to envision and create. Praise the Lord. Don't shut me down when I'm preaching good. Hallelujah. According to the six days of creation, God, Adam's sin preceded God's curse on creation. The suffering and death of everything came as a result of Adam's disobedience. And Paul outlines that right here in Romans chapter 8. Is It's what Christian theology has always affirmed. Adam was given dominion over everything, the entire creation at the beginning. And when he sinned, the entire creation was subjected to corruption as a consequence of its unique relationship with Adam. Amen? If the universe contained death and corruption that was not the result of Adam's sin, what does that mean for Jesus' redemption of both man and creation? It means it doesn't work. It doesn't matter. Consider his miracles. When he was on this earth working these miracles, he was reforming the world according to the goodness of the original creation. Whether Jesus was healing the sick, raising the dead, or feeding the hungry, he was showing that redemption results in tangible bounty to actual people who believe. It's a goodness that culminates with the new creation. Passages in the prophets and Revelation suggest a return to the space-time goodness of the original creation. Yet, it is only the chronology of the six days of creation that provides the historical framework for this pattern to mean anything. Amen. If the original creation was not good, or if the fall did not transform that creation into something evil, then what's the real nature of our redemption? What's the real potential of the new creation that's being promised? Again, think of time. Uh, think of time as bookends. Okay, I got bookshelves all around, and they're full. And bookends. Think about what bookends are. Have you noticed? Have you ever noticed what bookends look like? They look exactly the same, right? And you put the books in the middle. They, if you hold them up, they mirror each other. That's what they're designed to do, right? They look just alike. 
for the bookends of creation to match, they must be mirrors of each other as well. This is the only possible explanation for the six-day creation. Anything else will not do it. It will not fit. It will not work. But God tells us there was no sin when he created the world. It was perfect. In Genesis 1.31, I told you we'd get there. God saw everything that he had made, and look, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. He's seen it all, it was finished, and it was good. Good in God's eyes equals perfect. So very good means his creation must have been very perfect. Hear me now, hear me now. This was before Adam and Eve sinned. Amen? And thanks to Jesus coming to this earth, dying for our sins, then resurrecting himself three days later, right? Conquering death, hell, and the grave. We have the hope of everything being recreated new someday, and there will be no sin and no death, just like the Bible says it will be in the end. And it will be all very good. Praise God. Isaiah chapter 67, uh, I think it's verse 17, says, Behold, I will create a new heaven and a new earth. Hallelujah. A new Who's doing the creating here? God. I will create a new heaven and a new earth. And the former things will no longer be remembered, nor will they even come to your mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I will create. Hallelujah. That's what God has been, is saying in, a, in the book of Isaiah. God will create a new, perfect world for all of us. Hallelujah. It was perfect in the beginning, before the fall. It'll be perfect in the end, after the, after, uh, the redemption and every, when God recreates everything at the end. They're going to mirror exactly alike. It'll be perfect. There'll be no sin, no death in it. Hallelujah. Next time we're going to look at day seven of creation, how that relates to us today. If you never received Jesus as your Lord, this is the time to do it. Amen. Uh, I hope that what we studied today made sense to you because this is the only true answer there is. Amen. Just pray this prayer with me right now. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you and praise you for your word. I thank you. Your word is true. Every facet, every angle we look at, your word is true. Lord, we thank you for the plan of redemption that you had. And we thank you for Jesus who came here and died for our sins to redeem us back to the everlasting almighty God as our heavenly father. Lord, my prayer is if someone does not know you as their savior, they would do so right now just asking you to forgive them of their sins, recognizing your sacrifice for them on the cross as fulfilling everything they need. And when God the Father raised you from the dead, it proved death has no hold on us. Hallelujah. And ask them to come into your heart, to become Lord of your life, of their life. May you be Lord of my life at all times as well. And to you, Father, we give all honor, glory, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Glory to God. If you prayed that prayer, email me at brotherbob at ftfm.org. We want to rejoice with you, and, and we just thank you for that. As I said, next time, we'll be looking at day seven of creation. 
and how it relates to us today. Hallelujah. And while you're at it, please subscribe to this program. If you do that, you'll be notified as soon as we release a new episode as we walk verse by verse through the Bible in my Bible study. Bye for now. Thank you for joining Pastor Bob as he leads you verse by verse through the Bible in this series called My Bible Study. We pray this study will bring you closer to God and reveal His Word and His will for you through the Scriptures. We would consider it an honor and a blessing if you would support this outreach with your financial offerings. We have partnered with Patreon to offer you unique gifts and benefits for various levels of giving. Please visit our page on Patreon by going to patreon.com forward slash my Bible study podcast, all one word. That link again is patreon.com forward slash my Bible study podcast, all one word. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do.